What is up, church? How are we doing today? Oh, man. It is so good to see everybody here who is at the North Campus. South Campus, we love you there as well. I just want to say thank you for everybody who showed up today. You all are the frozen chosen. I hope you know that, okay? So, like, you get a little bit of extra credit in heaven for coming on four-degree day. Um, well, I think it was six degrees. I think it was actually six degrees when I woke up this morning. I was like, hey, that's better than four. That's better than four degrees. It doesn't feel like six degrees, right? Like it feels at least like eight degrees to me. I don't know. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like it, that's, I think it's the wind. There's no wind. So anyways, anybody who's watching online, thank you so much for joining us as well. We love you here. We love you there. South Campus, we love you. Come on, everybody. Will you put your hands together and welcome everybody who's watching with us today? 2022, y'all, it's here. It's here. Are you ready for it? I love that. I love that. It is going to be, I think it is going to be an amazing year. Um, I, I am so, so looking forward to 2022. Many of you know we're moving into our new building in just a couple of months. Maybe as soon as 10 weeks. 10 weeks. It's pretty amazing. Um, I'm excited about that, but let me just tell you, I'm about a million more times excited about some of the things that I believe God is doing uh, in uh, putting on my heart for our church, um, that, that new ministry, new initiatives, and I believe that this year is going to be the greatest year for our church, but I'm also believing it's going to be the greatest year for you and your family and uh, for all of us together, and if you believe that, say, I do. I do. I believe it for you, and so thank you so much for, for being here. I want to encourage you to come out first Wednesday. I know we talked about it during announcements, but be here first Wednesday. It's a great opportunity just to start our year off seeking God, and really that's what this whole 21 days of prayer and fasting is all about. It's about saying, God, we're taking time, we're setting time apart to make you the priority uh, that you are, making you the priority that you are in our lives. And so be here for First Wednesday. It's always a great time. It's going to be an especially great time uh, this, uh, as, we, uh, as we kick off 2022. Um, all right, well, today, though, we're starting a brand-new series. We're calling it Start Fresh, and it has everything to do with uh, the new year and obviously the, the chance that we have to have a fresh start. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I know there's always areas in my life where uh, I, I need a fresh start. There's, there's always something. No matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I get some of my stuff together, how many of you know there's always something that's not exactly the way you would like it to be. You're like, oh man, I could use a fresh start over here in this relationship, or maybe it's at work, or maybe it's at home, or maybe it's at uh, the gym. Come on, somebody. You need that start fresh, a fresh start, or maybe it's with your diet, your exercise. Too many people sending you Harry and David cookie boxes uh, during Christmas time, and, and you're, just, you're, just, you're just overwhelmed with cookies, and you're ready for a fresh start. Um, I know as a, as a sports fan, it's always nice to get to the end of the year if your team isn't doing that great and look forward to the next year, right? There's always a, a chance as, as a Lions fan that usually happens around Halloween for me. So, um, but, but there's always, there's always ways to, uh, to, there's always things in our life that we need a, a fresh start. And the good news of the gospel is that in the most important area of our life, which is our souls, our spirit, like who we really are, in that most important area of our life, God always gives us a fresh start. He always gives us the chance to start fresh. 
All right, so I want to I want to read a Mardell verse today. Okay, so we're going to base our our time together on a Mardell verse. You know the Mardell verses. It's the it's the ones that are on the bookmarks and the pillowcases, and you know you put them on the wall. It's a Mardell verse, and it's this one. You've heard it before. Uh, this is the NIV version, but it says, "Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed." Everybody say, "We are not consumed." We're not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You've probably heard the version, the ESV version that says, your mercies are new every morning. Your mercies are new every morning. I love this verse. I love this verse because it speaks of promise. It speaks of a a clean slate. It speaks of opportunity, newness, freshness, about having a fresh start, about the opportunity to start every day fresh in our relationship with God. And, and it's interesting, I think what makes this, this verse extra amazing is that it comes from the book of Lamentations. Lamentations. Now, um, you know, that might not be like the first go-to on your devotional hit list probably every, every day. Um, and, and there's a reason for it. it literally, it's just, it's, it's, it's a cry. The whole book is a cry. In fact, the word lament uh, obviously, we get lamentations from lament, and it's a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. Now, we don't know who wrote this book. It's an unknown writer who's writing these, these poems that you see in the book of Lamentations. But it's just one cry after another, after another, after another. And it's for good reason. The guy's crying because Jerusalem is devastated. A lot of the people have been taken out into exile, and everything that they had hoped would happen for their nation isn't happening. It's bad. It's a bad situation. Those who are left in Jerusalem, it's like, it's like the apocalypse. It's like RoboCop. It's like, you know, it's just a bad situation. And, and so he's like, man, this did not turn out how we thought it would. And God's like, yeah, but it it turned out exactly how I told you it would if you turned away from me and pursued other gods. And so, but it's still bad. And so you have lamentations and, and it's just God and he's going, oh, this is terrible. This is horrible. This is awful. And it's in the middle of this bad experience. We get this amazing verse, Lamentations chapter Three. Now, I want, to, I want to comb through this. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. If you have your phones, pull those up uh, on your phones. I want you to see this. I'm gonna, we're going to like actually base our whole talk just from this verse as, as we normally do. But I want you to see how in Scripture, this guy starts blaming God. It's a bad situation. And then he finds the answer even as he's walking through it, all right? So if you're ready to jump in and grow a little bit and start 2022 as best you possibly can, say, I am. All right, let's do this. Lamentations chapter 3. Now, he starts blaming God. Look at this. He has driven me away, and verses to verse 2. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He's made my skin and my flesh grow old, and he has broken my bones, and he has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver, and I became the laughingstock of all my people. Now, see, this is why you don't read this for your devotional reading. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really want to start your days just meditating on 
God piercing your heart and becoming the laughing stock of all people. I get it, okay? Then he goes on, he says, verse 16, he has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I've been deprived of peace and I've forgotten what prosperity is. And so I shall say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped for from the Lord. Bitterness, hardship, laughingstock, gravel in the teeth. Come on, somebody. He ain't having a good day. You know what I'm saying? He is not having a good day. And his pain is making him doubt the goodness of God. Have you ever been there? Have you, I mean, just, have you ever been in a moment where your current situation has made you say, really? Like, are you with me or are you against me? Have you ever had, I would venture to say, if you have not been to that place, then you really haven't hurt. <laughs> I think, like, if you've really been through it, like, you've had a big loss or a major pain or major difficulty, there's something inside of you that, are, are we good? Because I thought you were for me. I thought you were with me. But right now, I don't see it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? Have you ever found yourself all turned upside down where, where up looks down and down looks up? Have you ever been there? Like this can happen in, in um, and I think it's appropriate we talk about this because it's, there's snow outside. Um, but have you ever been in an avalanche? Pro- probably not. Anybody, anybody ever been caught in an avalanche? Not, not, you, not a lot of common here in Kansas City people caught in avalanches um but i hear so they say if you get caught in an avalanche truly you don't know which way is up and which way is down because all you see around you is 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 snow and it's dark because you really get all caught up in there and the way that you get out of an avalanche do you know the way that you get out of an avalanche this is good in case you happen to find yourself in an avalanche on the way home you spit yeah that's right you spit yeah, you spit, and, and it helps you know which way gravity is. So if you spit and your spit goes down like, like this, well, then you know, like, then that's down and that's up. If you spit and it just goes all over your face, well, then you know, you, again, you know which way is up and which way is down. Um, if only life were that easy, right? <laughs> if only life were that easy to figure out which way is up and which way is down. This also happens in surfing. Anybody surf here? Some of Park Church, North Campus, South Campus? Not too much surfing happening in Kansas City either. Not many avalanches, not many surfing. But when you're surfing, like this also can happen where you get turned up and you get caught up. You can't find which way is up. It's called getting caught up in the wash cycle. All right. It's called getting caught up in the wash cycle. All right. That's what it's called in the surfing world, in the surfing communities from what I hear. Okay. And research on Google. It's called getting caught up in the wash cycle. That can happen in life, can it? Where it's like you just get caught up in the wash cycle and you're like, man, I don't know which way is up and which way is down. Let me ask you a question, and I really would like to know. Full participation at both campuses. How many of you would say in the last 24 months you have been caught up in the wash cycle a time or two? Just raise your hand. Come on, somebody. All right. Yeah, I would say most of us at least once. 
It seemed like that, like just, man, not sure which way is up and which way is down and what to believe and where to put our heart. I mean, it can be really challenging. That's this guy right here in Lamentations. We'll call him the Lamenter because we don't know his name. So we'll call him Al the Lamenter. And Al, Al's teaching us something here. He's like, man, I am caught up in this wash cycle. And yeah, God told us about it. And yeah, we deserve it because we turn to other gods. But it's still crazy. And I don't know where to go with this. What do you do when you find yourself in that situation? It's interesting. But even in this very depressing book, we find the Mardell verse. And he gives, he gives us this answer. He gives us this answer, and it's the nature of God. The nature of God is the true north. When you find yourself in the wash cycle, God's nature can bring you out. When you find yourself in that wash cycle, looking to God's nature can bring you out. When you know what someone will do, uh, or, or sorry, you know what someone will do by knowing who they are, Right? Like, let's just be honest. If you, like, if there's somebody in your life, don't point if they're in the room. But, okay, if someone is a liar, okay, like, you know, like, when the pressure's on, what are they going to do? They're going to lie. They're probably going to lie. If someone's a thief, when the pressure's on, they're probably going to steal. You know this. And the converse is also true. When someone is really, really good, and really, really honest, and really, really dependable. Come on, you know you got people in your life like that, right? When they're really, really dependable, when the pressure's on, you know they're going to be there for you, right? That's what he does with God in this, in this lament, and he turns it. He turns it. Look at verse 21. If you still have your phones, you still have your, your Bibles, I want you to follow this. He says, yet. Everybody say, Yet. You know what we need a little bit? We need a little bit of yet in our lives. So you're thinking, I'm saying Yeti, and you're thinking about coffee, and I get you, all right? But I'm not talking about Yeti. I'm talking about yet. We need, we need some yets in our life. This might be happening yet. It might not be going how I want it to yet. Everything might be turned upside down yet. Watch what he says. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. He starts turning it. He starts spitting, y'all, in the middle of an avalanche. Verse 22, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He says, although I'm going through this horrible reality, there is a greater reality than the reality I'm experiencing, and it's the nature of God. He says, there is a greater reality. There is a true north. There is something that can actually pull me up out of this. And then he continues the self-talk. Verse 24, he says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. And he starts stirring himself up. This is kind of like Rocky. You know, this is like a Rocky moment where he gets pulled over in the corner. And he's like, no, you know, you could do this. And he starts, you know, oh, yeah, I can't. He's kind of pumping himself up. He's getting like this. He's like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Look, he says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. He's pumping himself up with the nature of God. 
This is more than just positive thinking. This is the best thinking that you could ever have. This is the true positive thinking because it's, it's based on the one who is truly good. And, he, and then he goes on to say this, and he says, now let us examine our ways and test them. See, he was blaming God, but now he's like, you know what? I might have some stuff I can grow in here. And let us return to the Lord. And let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven and say, we have sinned and rebelled against you. And you have not forgiven. Skip down to verse 55. And he says this, I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ears to my cry for relief. You came near when I called you, and you said, do not fear. You, Lord, took up my case, and you redeemed my life. Man, this is such an amazing passage of Scripture. I, I want to show you how in, this, in these verses, what he, what he sees is three aspects of God's nature that prompt him to have three responses. All right, so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you're not taking notes, I really want you to write this down. All right, so everybody write this down, okay? Take a note, find a piece of paper, put this in your phone. This is going to help you this year if you find yourself in the wash cycle. And some of you may be finding yourself in the wash cycle right now. Let me encourage you with these three things. Number one, his goodness is great. His mercy never misses the mark. And his faithfulness is faultless. His goodness is great. His mercy never misses the mark. And his faithfulness is faultless. All right, so that's the na- those are the natures of God, all right? Now, what does that do? How do we respond to that? Number one, we remember who he is. Number two, we repent of what we've done. And number three, we pursue him with all we have. Come on, somebody. This is some good stuff. This is some good stuff. His goodness is great. His mercy never misses the mark. And his faithfulness is faultless. So we remember who he is, repent of what we've done, and pursue him with all we have. You find yourself in the wash cycle a little bit, not sure which way is up, which way is down. These six things will get you on out. All right? You guys ready to dive in? We're going to unpack this here over the next few minutes. Before we do, I want you to find three people next to you and say, man, it's time to get out of that wash cycle. Come on, find three people and just say, it's time. It's time to get out of that wash cycle. All right, number one, his goodness is great. His goodness is great. I know this almost sounds generic. I had trouble writing it. It sounded so generic, to be honest with you. I wanted to come up with some creative way to get you to see this, but I wanted to keep it clear. I wanted to keep it clean. His goodness is great. Look at verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Now, Israel had messed up big time again and again and again. They had turned their backs on God, but they say, but the lamenter is saying, but we're not consumed. Why? Because of the love of God. Now, I want to suggest that, I mean, this could be semantics in some way, but I want to, I want to suggest that the love of God is actually an evidence of a deeper reality of, of who he is. It's his goodness. God loves because he is good. His 
goodness results in him expressing love toward us. Because love is action, right? Love, love is character, but it, love is action. Come on, somebody, DC Talk. Love is a verb. You know what I'm talking about. Love is a verb. It's a verb. But it's, it's out of his goodness. He teases this idea out in verse 25 when he says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Let me just say this. If there's one aspect of God's nature that I want to encourage you to give lots of thought to this year and, and every year, every day of your life, it's that, that God is good. He's good. He is good. Look what, let me just give you a couple verses on this. Psalm 119, uh, verse 68. You are good, and what you do is good. The psalmist understood this. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Everything that we experience in our relationship with God, all that God wants to do in your life this year is going to come out of an idea and an understanding that he is good and that he does good. James, the brother of Jesus, all right, the brother of Jesus says this about God. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Because God is good and he does good, everything we have that is good is from him. Now, this has everything to do with how you and I are going to approach God this year. So, all right, we're talking about 21 days of fasting and prayer. We're talking about spending more time with God. The question is, are, are, how are you going to approach God when you, get, when you get up in the morning and you start praying? When you start, when you start talking to him, is it he's good and he does good? Or is it, well... Maybe sometimes. Or is it, eh, maybe if I've done enough good, maybe he'll be good. No, 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 no. God is good, and he does good. God, God is good, and he's going to be good to me. I, am I praying, when I get up in the morning, am I praying to a God who is capricious or generous? Am I praying to a God who wants to maybe just trip me up as I'm walking, or does he want to raise me up? Like, that idea is so important for your prayer life. Let me just tell you this. He is good, and he does good. And James goes on to say, he goes on to elaborate this. In James 1.18, says, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits. He's saying, he's saying, you're different. You're, you're special. You're set apart. You're not like all the animals. You're not like the rest of creation. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you are now a son or a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you know what you have? You know what you have at your disposable, disposal? You've got, the key, you've got all that he is. All of his goodness, all of his grace is available to you. And that's in spite of your lack of goodness. Because some, you know, here's what happens. Here's what happens, right? We'll be having a good week. You've been praying every day. You, you haven't said any bad words, you know, out loud. Um, and you're just feeling great. You're, you're crushing it. Road rage to a minimum. You're like, you're just feeling it's like, it's a good, it's a good week. And then you have a bad day. And then you're like, I don't know if he's as good anymore. 
he was good, but I haven't been good, so where does that leave me? And that's where the second point comes in, and it's this. His mercy never misses the mark. His mercy never misses the mark. That's what's so beautiful about this verse, for his compassions never fail. His mercies never fail. They are new every morning. The idea here that, the, that Al is using is this, is this word, rahamim. It's, it's a word related to the womb, and it describes the tender, caring love of a mother. So he's talking about like the mercies of God. And he's talking about, it's like a mom, it's, it's like a mom with her child right after they come out of the womb. And it's just this, it's a snuggle, hold close. And I, um, we're out of the baby phase, praise God. I just wanted to say that, like we're out and we're never going back. We're never going back. But I remember like my kids, all of them like to cry. They just liked to cry. Some, some babies, like some of you have been blessed with great babies that don't cry. And I'm jealous and bitter. And it's a matter of prayer <laughs> for me. Um, but we weren't. We just, our babies cried and they cried loud to where people in the hospital commented on how, like the nurses who do this for a living people would comment on how loud our kids would cry. And uh, so anyways, it, it, we just were blessed with loud criers and they would cry all night, they'd cry all night. And then, and then, and then, you know, and then they would dirty their diapers, like, and without any concern for mom or dad, like, I mean, at will, they just would dirty, they didn't care if it was two in the morning, three in the morning, they would just dirty them. And, and they didn't think, oh, this is going to put mom and dad out. They just go ahead and they dirty them. And, you know, every single time we'd get up change their diaper. Every single time, Jen would draw them close and nurse them. There wasn't one time where she's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think they deserve it. I'm just, you know, it's like too much crying. Too much, too many dirty diapers. It wasn't one moment, and that's what he's saying. He's saying this is, this is the mercy of God, that even, even when you've done your worst, even when you've been a terrible child <laughs> when you haven't been like worthy necessarily God pulls you close and he extends his mercy to you and it's new every morning and it's not just every morning it's it's every moment of every day his mercy is new and it's you know here's the thing when you mess up the devil is so good at coming and beating you over the head with your failure isn't he Oh, I can't believe you did that. Oh, you, you, oh, yeah, I can't believe you did that. You don't deserve God. You don't deserve God. You don't deserve God. He's so faithful to beat us over the head with our failures. And every time he does, we need to remember that God's mercy is new, and it never misses the mark. Let me read one psalm to you, Psalm 103. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. It's incredible. It's amazing. Let me just tell you this. There is nothing you can do to make God love you any less than he does right now. 
and his mercy never misses the mark. All right, that's the second thought. Let me give you the third thought about God's nature, and it's this. His faithfulness is faultless. His faithfulness is faultless. He ends this by saying, great is your faithfulness. Again, what does he see? He sees devastation. He sees apocalypse. He sees Jerusalem in ruins. But he says, God, you are good and you do good. Your mercies are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. You have been faithful before. And God, I know you are going to be faithful again. This idea there is this word, rob. It's like, it's, it's, it means great, very rich, abundant, overflowing. God's faithfulness is rich, abundant, overflowing. It's faultless. He's consistent. You know, in baseball, if you hit, if you hit the ball three out of ten times, you're an all-star. Three out of ten times. If, if in basketball, if you make 60% of your shots from a three-point range, you're going to have a massive contract. You're going, to, you're going to be among the elite. In football, if you complete 75% of your throws, you'll be leading the league. Do you know what all of those have all wrapped up in them? A lot of, a lot of misses. A lot of misses. You know what doesn't? God's faithfulness. He's faithful 100 times out of 100. As it comes to faithfulness, God's batting a thousand. His faithfulness never fails. Let me just tell you, as you, as you start 2022, you can start centered in the nature of God, saying, God, you are good and you do good. Your mercies are new every morning. And God, you were faithful, and God, you are going to be faithful. You want a true north? You want to center yourself? Get out of all of the noise and focus on those things. And then, and then there are a couple of responses. Number one, just remember who he is, which we've basically been telling and encourage you to do. Remember who he is. He says, yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. He remembers, and his, his hope is a byproduct of his remembering. This is, how are you going to remember? How are you going to remember with all of the stuff you have to do this year? With all of the things that you have going on and all the kids' schedules and all of the work responsibilities, how are you going to remember how good God is and not get caught up in the flow again? This is where getting in the Word of God is so important. And I want to encourage you. We're doing this one-year Bible as a church. Every single day, make a commitment. Saying, if I'm going to do one thing every single day, I'm going to be in the Word of God. And that will be a constant reorienting and a remembering of your, you're going to remind yourself that he is good, his mercies are new, and his faithfulness is faultless. You got to keep it in front of you. I also want to say this, like, you got, you, you've got to be encouraged by people, and we talk about this a lot, but you've got to get in a life group, you got to get on a life team, you got to be rubbing shoulders up against somebody who's going to encourage you and challenge you. And when, when they see you start slipping, they're going to lift you up. And when you start slipping, they're going to lift you up. You got to have people in your life that you can continually and consistently be encouraging and being encouraged by. All right, so that's the, that's the first thing. Remember 
who he is. Second, repent of what you've done. He says, let us examine our ways and test them. This is the first level of ownership that Al is having in the situation. Remember, like the first part of it, he's blaming God, right? He's blaming. But now he's like, you know what? Let me examine my ways and say we have sinned and rebelled and you have not forgiven. Examination. You know what examination is? It's stopping long enough to evaluate our behavior. Now, I know this is going to be really hard to hear for all of us in here, but the person sitting next to you has some serious issues, like they do. They've got some issues. We all have some issues, right? We all have some issues. We're not perfect. None of us are. And there's, and there's certainly grace for the journey, but, but there's a moment where we've got to stop and say, let me examine my way. Um, you, know what, you know what's hard about our, our culture today? That even when we stop long enough to examine our way, we've got so much information hitting us, don't we? Even if we sit down, what do you do when you sit down on your couch? You either turn the television on or you take out your phone and you start scrolling. And there's, there's very little examination happening. That's why in your devotions, as you're, as you're opening up the word of God and as you're praying, there should be some time where you're just like, Lord, is there some things that I need to work on? Are there some things I need to improve? Look what the psalmist says in Psalm 139. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He's like, you know, God, I could be wrong. I think I'm right. But I could be wrong. Lord, test me. Open up my heart. Is there something I'm missing? Let me, just, let me just tell you this. Life has a great way of feeding back to us. God has implemented normal feedback mechanisms. So if you're not getting the result you want in a relationship, it may not be their fault. If you're not getting the result you want in your business, if you're not getting a result and you want in your family, it may not be them. My son Titus, a few weeks ago, we went to his basketball game, and they got destroyed. Like, they just got hammered. And, um, and he, didn't have, he didn't play a great game, all right? He didn't play a great game, turned the ball over a few times, and, um, and, and had too many fouls. And so... Um, and so after the game, though, after the game, I, I talked to him. I was like, I was like, hey, you know, you know what do you think of the game? It's terrible. I said, well, that's true. Um, it was. I was like, you know, uh, what would you think about it? He goes, it was the refs. I was like, oh, okay. Um, I was like, was there, <laughs> was there anything that you could improve? He says, yeah, get, get better refs. I was like, well... <laughs> I got some things for you if you got a few minutes. <laughs> and, uh, and so, I, I, and I did. I told him, I was like, you turned the ball over and you fouled too much. And the problem is with life, we don't, we don't stop blaming the ref. We don't stop blaming the ref. And it's interesting, but Al, he stops blaming the ref. He starts blaming the ref, but he switches. He says, you know what, I've got some ownership here. And I've got, some things that I can, I've got some things that I can improve. Lord, help me. 
I want to encourage you as, you, as you have your prayer times this year, open it up and say, God, is there any offensive way in me? Lead me. Speak to me. I humble myself before you. And when you do that, you're going to see God, you're going to see God help you. And then, and then the last thing is pursue him with all that you have. Pursue him with all you have. I, uh, he said, I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ears to my cry for relief. You came near when I called you, and you said, do not fear. You, Lord, took up my case, and you redeemed my life. So now he's talking about pursuing God. And his answer comes when he seeks God. As you start 2022, as we're beginning 21 days of fasting and prayer today, I want to encourage you to seek him with all that you have. What you seek, you will find. What you seek, you will find. What you look for will be your reality. You want bad news? Plenty of that. Plenty of that. You want discouragement? You don't have to look hard to find that. And if we just passively let the world speak to us, then that's what we'll have. But if you want God and if you want his hope and you want his life, then you've got to seek him with all of your heart. And that's why we're doing 21 days of fasting and prayer. Because desire is cultivated. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to venture to say, everybody in here at North Campus, everybody at South Campus, everybody who's watching online, if you've taken time to be here, to tune in, it's because you actually want to grow. You actually want God. So there's a desire there, right? But desire is cultivated, isn't it? Desire is cultivated. If you want to be close to your spouse, you got to cultivate that desire. You may love that person, but you, if you want to be close to them, you've got to cultivate that desire. This is what, this is what the Al is doing here in the lament, and it's what the Apostle Paul does in Philippians chapter 3. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in the sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow it's attaining to the resurrection from the dead. He's like, I want to know Jesus. I want to have a relationship with God. I want all that he has for me. I want that. I want desire. But he knows this. He says, verse 12, I'm going to have to engage my, my flesh to lean into the spirit. He says, not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In 1 Corinthians, uh, he's going to say, I'm going to train like an athlete. He's saying, I've got to do a little bit of stuff because I know what I want is Jesus, but I'm going to have to engage myself a little bit. I'm going to have to push myself a little bit. I know I want to get there, but it's not just going to happen. I've got, I've, got to, I've got to lean in. That's where fasting and prayer comes in. It's our leaning in. Because what you feed grows, right? What you feed grows. 
How many of you know if you spend a lot of time with Netflix, you'll want to spend a lot of time with Netflix? You feed that, at, you feed that relationship, that relationship will grow. Same with social, same with the news, same with any hobby or bad habit. The more time you spend, the closer you are to it. So fasting and prayer is about taking some time and saying, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set out. I'm going to set out a little bit of time, and I'm going to make you the priority that you are. 21 days of fasting and prayer. Now, this, you can do this any number of ways. We've got resources on our, web, our website. We've got resources uh, on our app that you can go to, and you can check those things out. Um, and so that will help you understand all different types of fasts. There are food fasts. There are social media fasts. Uh, you can fast anything, different parts of food. You can fast for certain days of the week, lunches, or whatever. Whatever is going to cause you, here's the point, whatever is going to cause you to lean into God a little bit more, say, God, I need to hear your voice. I need to hear you speak to me. Whatever is going to trigger that, that's what you want to do. So I've been praying about this. I know for me, um, uh, one thing for me is like just... Uh, digital news like it's my go-to like you know I get out my phone I'm like all right what's happening in the news today I want to know what's happening in the news so I'm going to fast digital news it's one thing I'm going to fast and every time I want to I want to go and look at digital news I'm not going to do that I'm going to I'm going to lean in and I'm going to I'm going to look at some scripture uh, I'm going to read a book I'm going to pray I'm also going to uh, fast tv it's another just easy thing turn on tv what's going on or and we're just going to do that as a family. We're going to say, hey, uh, we're going to, instead of watching TV, except for football, come on, God, you know, God loves football. So uh, priorities. Um, but other than that, we're going, to, we're going to focus on just reading and praying and talking and setting apart time, extra time in the morning. That's, that's what I've been praying about doing. There'll definitely be some, some times in there fasting a lunch here and there. There's Daniel fast that you can do. You can fast sugar. You can fast anything that's going to, every time you go to grab that thing or take that thing or consume that thing, it's going to cause you to step back and say, all right, Lord, I want to draw closer to you. I want to pursue you with all that I am. I want to encourage you. This year can be your best year, even if you're in the middle of an avalanche. You can consistently find your true north remembering who he is, repenting of what we've done, and pursuing him with all we have. Amen? Amen. Will you stand with me, church, both locations? Let's just take a moment. We're just going to respond. I want to dedicate this year to God. I want you to want to dedicate it to God. Maybe there's some things, even as I was reading that verse on um, straining toward what is ahead, forgetting what is behind. Some of you need to forget some things that happened just a couple days ago, yesterday, you forget that, and you just strain towards what's ahead, because his mercies are new every morning, and God has something great. Your best days are ahead of you in Jesus' name, and you will experience it as you trust all of it to him. Would you just lift your hands and surrender to the Lord? North Campus, South Campus, watch it online. Let's just take a moment. Let's just say, God... We just pursue you, and we dedicate our life to you.
we dedicate our hearts to you, Lord. We just ask that, Lord, you would have all that you want. Lord, that your will would be done in our our lives, Lord, that we would live lives that are devoted to you. We would live lives that are uh, dedicated to you. Father, we just, we just surrender. We surrender every aspect of our life to you, and we are saying, God, let this be a year where you are our everything, that you are lifted up, that you are exalted. And God, we, that we worship you as, as you are worthy of. Father, we pray for that. We ask for that, God. We welcome you to have your way. That your kingdom come, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.